0: Do you know that no one has ever become a champion without a coach? Think about it. Any athlete who's ever made it to the Olympics, let alone won a gold medal, has ever gotten there without a qualified coach or a group of coaches. So if that's the case, if you're serious about becoming a champion husband, father, or leader, then my question is, who's coaching you? That's why I've officially launched the Real Men Connect 21-Day Coaching Program. My goal? To help you become the man and spiritual champion God called and created you to be. If you're going to succeed as a man of God, it's going to take faith, wisdom, and accountability. So you need a proven Christian coach, mentor, and teacher who's literally helped hundreds go from good to great God's way. I've been an award-winning educator for more than 23 years, and I've been coached and trained by some of the best in the country. So whether it's strengthening your faith, improving your marriage, growing your ministry, or even breaking an addiction, let me coach you for 21 days to help you finally get the breakthrough you've been looking for. Just go to realmenconnect.com or call 423-763-7675 for details. Availability is limited, but satisfaction is guaranteed.
1: Welcome to Real Men Connect. Are you ready to be the extraordinary man, husband, father, and leader God called and created you to be? then get ready to receive wisdom and guidance from some of the country's most respected men of faith as you learn everything you need to know to go from good man to great man, God's way. No judgment, no shame. Just real men with real challenges, seeking real change, all for God's glory.
0: Hello, mighty men of God, and welcome to the Real Men Connect podcast, where we help good men become great men God's way. I'm your host, Dr. Joe Martin, and every week, We interview some of the nation's most respected and accomplished men of faith to find out what it really takes to become the kind of husband, father, and spiritual leader God called and created us to be. Each interview session is packed with practical, proven biblical principles you can immediately apply in your relationships, on your job, and in your community. Today we have with us Dr. David Banks, who is a certified relationship specialist, behavioral consultant, and certified professional coach with a PhD in psychology. He's the president of Noble Success, LLC, and the president of the Institute of Leadership Deployment. Dr. Banks is also the workforce development coordinator for the city of Chattanooga. Now, Dr. Banks specializes in areas dealing with relationships, leadership, development, motivation, and purpose discovery, some of my favorite subjects. And he has worked in the field of personal and professional development for more than 20 years. And he's also conducted leadership training, both nationally and internationally. In India, Mexico, Trinidad, and even Tobago. Now, he's the author of two books, um, To Become One and Draw Me Close, which I've had the privilege of reading myself. And he and his lovely bride, Sylvia, have three children, two boys and one girl, ages 23 to 13, respectively. Like most of the guests on Real Men Connect, I met Dr. Banks by divine appointment (laughs) through a couple of friends. (laughs) And to tell you that this man's stellar reputation precedes him wherever he goes is an understatement. Now, standing 6'5", not only does Dr. Banks' physical presence demand your attention whenever he walks into a room, what's even more impressive to me is that his character shines even larger. I'm so honored to call him a brother in Christ, but also my friend. I can't tell you how long I've been waiting to have Dr. Banks on our show and to introduce him to you guys. And I asked him to come on today to talk to us about his personal journey through manhood and how we too can become what he calls, check this out, a noble man. So with that being said, I want to thank Dr. Banks for joining us on the Real Men Connect podcast.
2: Thank you so much, Joe. I am truly, uh, man, it's a pleasure to be with you. And I'm uh, really looking forward to this time together and uh, really spending time really empowering men. That is a passion of mine.
0: And I know it is, Dr. Banks. And I, I tell you, we launched this podcast back in January of this year. And I had my hit list of guys who I knew I wanted to bring on. And I mean, it was a list of over 150 people. Wow. and Dr. Banks even before I knew you personally you were on the list cuz I had heard about you and I had met you at your um your book signing when your, your um yes your yes sec- your second book came out and so I knew I wanted to have you on the podcast and so it's been I think, and I believe my listeners are going to agree with this, that it's been worth the wait to get you on the show. But I mean, I don't want to waste any time because I know you're a busy man, and I want to get into this topic about being a noble man. But I want to start because I always ask our guests when they come on to share with us their favorite Bible verse on what gives them inspiration. Dr. Banks, I can't wait to hear. What is yours?
2: My uh, favorite verse, uh, Joe, is Isaiah 32, verse 8. Isaiah 32 verse 8 says, but the noble hearted man has a noble purpose and by these he will be guided. I have really um, allowed that verse to just really penetrate my heart. And that is what really allowed me to really go on this journey to really help men to be noble men.
0: And that, you know, that is awesome too. And and I I tell you, I can't wait to get start talking about being a noble man. But you know, I cannot go into talking about this topic, Dr. Banks, until we first explore your journey and how you arrived at this point. So let's kind of take our audience back. Cause I've met you and I and I've heard your story, and it's a fascinating story. But I want you to give us the ESPN version <laughs> <All right. laughs> of, of your story to kind of because I really want to get into um what it takes to become a noble man, but tell us about your childhood and what your journey was like in your development as a man
2: excellent thank you well um i, I really look at my life very similar to robert kiyosaki mm-hmm. robert kiyosaki he had a the mindset of his dad was the poor dad his best friend's dad was the rich dad
0: right rich what well, that's right he wrote the book rich rich dad poor dad right that's right mm-hmm. so when i
2: read that book i really said oh my goodness because joe in my home my mom and dad, they were married. My dad was the one that grew up. He quit school in the eighth grade, had a very low self-esteem. He quit school in the eighth grade. He was the oldest of his children. He had to work on the farm. So his whole his whole focus of life was very limited. Now, my mom, my mom was an inspiring person that thought education was powerful. She went to her junior year in, in college, and then her mother died. So she wasn't able to go and finish her senior year. So I lived in a home where my dad was saying, look, just do the minimum. All right. Just do the basics. Get a high school diploma, get a good job, factory job, get a car, get a house and you're set. So I heard that constantly. I'm hearing my mom saying, no, I want you to go beyond the basics, you wow. know, get your degree mm-hmm. and, and, and really aspire to higher things. So I grew up in a home, Joe, where one ear was listening to my dad, you know, don't try to be all of this. Just live safe here's my mom telling me on the other side of my ear, hey, I want you to succeed. So it was very tough because you know I like to dress up. I like to dress up. So bow ties, suits, everything. So I was doing that in high school. When I would leave the house, my dad would see that. He was like, oh no, oh no, you're trying to act better than people. So he just really discouraged me. So it was a real conflict trying to grow up in a home when you heard two different voices in your head. So it really caused me to really question everything about myself. That allowed me to have a very low self-esteem. And um, so going through uh, high school was tough, you know, definitely entering into college. um, But I really appreciate my bride, uh, Sylvia. She really was that, that catalyst to say, David, You do have more in you and I want you and I believe in you that you can be the best. So I think, Joe, I really have to, you know, I appreciate what my dad has um, imparted in my life. He was married to my mother. He was in the home. Uh, So I do appreciate that. Um, But it was tough growing up. It was really tough fighting with the, the mindset that I had to go through.
0: Now, Dr. Banks. Now, you you because you describe your dad. He was in the household because a lot of men. We always think when a dad is not doing his job, he's not present. He's yeah. not physically in the household. And I always want men to understand that you can actually be present in the household and not be present that um, emotionally. Perfect. But, so I, I want to ask you about this with with your dad being in the household, and he, you know you had a family unit that was together. What caused this mindset that your dad had that made because your mom and dad were on two different planes of uh, right. emotionally and mentally. What what do you think caused your dad to be that way?
2: Well, growing up, looking now, looking back, you know, his father, my grandfather, you know, I would go over to my grandparents' house on the weekends and looking back, Joe, I saw his dad. His dad was the same way. Really? Very uh negative really didn't trust people mm-hmm. and uh so as i look back you know every time when anybody takes psychology in college you the first thing you're trying to do is diagnose yourself right. so <laughs> so as i look back on my own life and i realized okay now i understand why my dad was the way he was is because that's what he grew up in because talking to my grandfather my grandfather was exactly the same way live safe just survive, and you're gonna be all right, so that's what my grandfather had, so I now know well, that's what my dad had you know that's what he that was was conditioned in his life growing up, so it it really helped me to have little bit more compassion towards my dad instead of resentment because I did I did have some resentment because I'm thinking hi you know you it looks as if you don't want me to succeed. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And um so it really helped me to have some compassion on him, seeing that, hey, my dad he got a genuine, you know, he got it from his
0: father. You know, and Dr. Banks, I'm I'm glad that you mentioned that because I don't want to gloss over this. You mentioned the word compassion because I deal with a lot of young people, you know, as I travel and work in an education arena, and I deal with a lot of boys. And it was gives me a heart for helping men become better men, and I see a lot of anger in these boys. Yes. Because of the disconnect, in most of most cases, the father abandoned them and they weren't physically in the home. But even when they connect with their dads of being rejected, and I see this anger that comes from them. And one of the first questions they ask me is, how did I get over the anger of my dad not being yep. there? And I told them exactly what you just said about the word compassion. That's when right. When you stop and pause and you look back at the kind of father- that they had, especially like in your case, you had a chance to meet your grandfather. That's right. And I had a chance to meet my grandfather as well on my dad's side. And it it explained a lot, <laughs> you know, it explained a lot. And you're right that it gives you some compassion. So I know this is not the topic that we're really focused on today, but I want the men out there who are listening that, that we have to heal from the wounds of the father. And it starts with compassion for our fathers, even though we don't think, quote, they deserve it. That's right. But what do they say? Unconditional love is is um, giving love to those who need it the most, but deserve it the least. That's right. <laughs> Very so true. They they need it. So I'm glad that you you touched on that. But now I want to ask you something else uh, because yes. I know we're going to get into um, being a noble man. But you know, I'm just curious. I, I love you know. I maybe I should have made you in psychology when I went to school. But um, <laughs> but you mentioned something and I didn't miss it. You mentioned your wife Sylvia. Yes. I love watching this show. I think I forgot what channel it's on on cable, but it's called um, Intervention. And you've probably heard of it in, in psychology when they bring all the people who are having drug problems and addiction issues. And then they bring the family together to have an intervention. And I love watching the show, not because of the intervention, but to see what was the turning point in that person's life when they went bad. Yes. But the intervention is when they, t- they went good. Now, I'm going to ask you, you mentioned it, but you didn't talk a lot about it, but I'm going to have you go there. Now, you came from this household where you had two opposing views That's right. on your outlook on your life. And it seemed to me, based on what you just said, that your dad's influence kind of outweighed your mom's influence. Because even though you went off to school, your self-esteem was low. So it kind of stuck. Yes, it did. Now, so what was the turning point for you? that when you, was it Sylvia herself when you met her? And if it was, what did she say? <laughs> Cause I think a lot of women want to know what was that you said to him, you know, but, um, so what was, you know what I'm getting at? What was that turning point for you that made you realize that I, my dad is wrong?
2: Yes. Oh, Joe. Excellent. Excellent. Well, when I met my, my bride, Sylvia we met in college, mm-hmm. uh, we became friends. And then when it really started, you know, start moving into a dating relationship. Joe, my wife, you know, she was my, you know, we dating at the time. She looked at me right in the eyes and she said, and, and here's this, Joe, I'm six, five. My wife is five, two. Yeah, I <laughs>
1: <Yeah>. <laughs> and
2: she looked at me right in square in my eyes. And she said, David, you are very negative. Wow. And she just really just, I'm talking, emptied my mail right in front of me. She said, I want to let you know what you are protruding out of you. It is not attractive. It is turning me away from you. You are negative. You are critical. Oh, man, she read my mail, Joe. Oh, my goodness. And it was like, oh, my God, because nobody has nobody was ever that brutally honest with me. Cause you're six, five. That's why (laughs) (laughs) they're not crazy. (laughs) So when she was just brutally honest with me, because I kind of knew that, yeah, David, you are negative. But again, as a man, I had some kind of justification for it. Well, I know why I'm negative because of this. So I had some, but when she just brutally said, there is no excuse. You are negative. You are critical. You got a low self-esteem man, you know, I'm trying to have, I'm trying to hold on to my ego. You don't know what you're talking about, but I'm saying, David, you need to stop it. Get the ego, put the ego aside. This woman is telling you the truth. And also I was truly liking her and I'm realizing (laughs) David, what you're, what you're bringing out of you is not working. So if it's not working, you need to stop trying to excuse or justify your behavior and just realize the woman is right. So, Joe, that was a huge turning point in my life because, just like like what you beautifully said, deep down inside, I had my mother's desire. Mm-hmm. You know, I want to succeed because that's the way God created us. Right. But in my mind, in my mouth, was everything that my dad put in me. Wow. So everything that came out of my mouth was mm-hmm. negative. I thought negative. So that's why it was a it, it was a turmoil time growing up because deep inside, I heard what my mother said, you're going to succeed. You're going to get your degree. You're going to do well. That resonated inside of me because that's what God put in me to succeed. So that resonated what my mother said inside of me. But unfortunately, the, the things that my dad imparted in me, it affected my mind and it affected my mouth. So things that came out of my mouth was things that for my dad. So it was tough. But when my wife was just brutally just read my mail, I had to stop. And I like what you said. I had to pause. Mm-hmm. And I realized, David, you got to make some changes. All right. You got to make some changes. So that was a huge turning point. And I that's when I really started, really going back to the word of God and say, you know, I really don't know what is what it's really like to be a man. You know, I I don't because growing up in an environment where men define themselves by how many children they had. And Joe, I didn't want to go that route. Mm -hmm. I didn't want to go that route. Mm -hmm. So I had to really take some time. When I was 16, 16 or 17, that's when I really took that time to say, I really need to know what a man really is. And that's when I really start studying this, this noble man, and man, it has changed my life. It has really changed my life.
0: And, and what a great transition as we we kind of move into um, the topic of being a noble man. But I just wanted to um, touch on some points you said just for our listeners again. So basically, Sylvia was your intervention. Yes, she was. <laughs> yes, she was. I, but I give you a lot of credit, Dr. Banks. I really do, and I know I, you know. I, even in your intro, and I told you that your character shines even larger than your height, and. It took a lot of character because I'm, I'm telling you the truth. Most men, I'm, I'm thinking including myself, probably would not have received that very well when, when your wife told you <laughs> that and she confronted you about it. But it took something. It, so well, There was something in your character that allowed you to receive that. That's right. And to um, say, you know what, I do need to make some changes. But I do. But before we go into it, I still have some, a burning question to ask you about your father again. You know. You love your dad, you love your mom. Why do you think your dad's opinion had so much weight
2: in you? Oh, man. Because, you know, when I was in college taking human growth and development and understanding when a child, you know, when children are born and all the different dynamics, Joe, when a child is born, a, a boy or a girl, they have three main questions mm-hmm. that is instinctively built inside of them. The first one is, am I loved? Mm -hmm. second one, am I accepted? Third one, am I significant? Those are three burning questions in every child when they are born. Am I loved? Am I accepted? And am I significant? Now, the way everything is set up, the way God set it up, a man, a father is the first one that needs to come in and really answer those questions. He's he's the first one. Mm -hmm. The man needs to look at his child and and start turning those questions into statements. A man does that. And then the woman comes and affirms, uh, confirms what he has said. Mm -hmm. So learning back, learning this later, I realized that's why maybe my father's was important, because when I was born, I was expecting him to answer those questions. Right, right. For him to say, I love you. I you belong to me. There is significance in you. And it's, it's interesting because he didn't do it, but my mother did. But it was almost in my mind, yes, I hear you, mom, and I appreciate you saying it, but man, I really need my dad to kind of put that stamp of approval on it. It's unbelievable. Unbelievable. Because I did get it from my mom, but it was almost like, yeah, I I appreciate it. Thank you, mom. But it was all, I'm still gravitating back to my dad. Like, mm-hmm. man, I need to know if dad believes that. And I got to tell you this quick story, quick story. Sure, sure. Now, growing up, my dad, wasn't emotional. All right. So saying, I love you, stuff like that. Uh-oh. No, his whole focus was, boy, you ought to know that I love you. I'm working every day, right, providing right, for you. Right. So g- growing up. So I remember later in life, my dad was in the hospital and uh, I was talking to him and it was quiet. And then all of a sudden he just said, I'm sorry. It's like, what are you talking about? What do you, you mean? I'm sorry. And he looked up at me and he said, David, I'm sorry of how I treated you growing up. He said, I just didn't, I didn't know. I did not know. And we were able, Joe, to kind of get some things taken care of and restore that relationship. And I remember he started feeling better. He started feeling better. And I remember he was in the hospital. My mom, uh, my sister and I was at the edge of the bed and he was finishing lunch and he was laughing and talking. And after he finished, eating lunch in the, in, in the hospital, he looked up at me and he was smiling and he looked at me and he said, I love you. Mm-hmm. He looked at me and said, I love you. And Joe, he went to sleep and he died the next day. Wow. Wow. Joe, oh my goodness. Oh my goodness. Wow. Wow. So that is what I treasure. Even mm-hmm. though yes, mm-hmm. my memory bank still remembers, uh, everything that I, that he's you know he did and not do but that's something that i can treasure about my father the last words that he shared with me was i love you and mm-hmm. see that's what i hold on to i don't let my mind hold right. on to the times when you know i was playing basketball he never uh, encourage me with that. Mm-hmm. What I hold on to when I think about my dad. My dad was six six. Wow. <laughs> over over three hundred pounds. Good <laughs> <Okay>, gracious. Wow. <laughs> but that is what I hold on to, mm-hmm. and that is what I take now. I have the honor of two sons. I have mm-hmm. two sons, Benjamin and Caleb. So immediately when they were born, Joe, I immediately started. So I remember the first when they were one. I took them on a father-son retreat and I looked at him, Joe, and I said this phrase to him. Mm-hmm. I said, I love you. I accept you. And you have great significance. And I've instilled that into my boys ever since they were one. Now they're 23 and 20.
0: Mm-hmm. Well, I tell you, Dr. Banks, um, we haven't even gotten into what I brought you on the show to talk about yet. And I can close the show down right now. And I believe. That what you've just shared with us in the last 10 minutes will bless a lot of men out there because it's blessed me. And you're right on point. You're so on point. And I think a lot of men could take away from this and even now make some different choices as they look at their sons. their daughters and to realize the significance in the role of a father. What you just shared is the reason why we're doing this podcast.
2: Beautiful. Because Great. we
0: we want to bring to the consciousness of men that your role is a lot more important than you think.
2: Yes, very think. true. Very but, true.
0: But we're going to get into why I brought you on the show, Dr. Banks. <laughs> All right? <laughs> and we're going to start, we're going to transition to, you, you kind of alluded to it before about being a noble man. Now, I, I serve and I support, coach, and work with a lot of men, Dr. Banks. And I've heard almost every description ascribe to men, like distinguished man, gentleman, um, leading man, even best man. But until I met you, Dr. Banks, I never heard anyone really describe a man as being noble. That's Could right. you describe to us what, what is a noble man? Excellent. Well, let me tell you the
2: 30 second history. Sure. Well, you know, I was spending time because I, I do have a heart for men to be able to speak in men's life and, and to help them to understand who they really are. So I was praying one day and really like, man, I'm, I'm trying to figure out how do I do this? And and Joe, I found, went back to the scripture that I love, Isaiah 32, 8, and it mm-hmm. says, but the noble hearted man has a noble purpose. And by these, he will be guided. And I, that word noble just stuck out. Well, the history of the word noble all the way back in the English Britain times, where the word noble, it means distinct qualities. There are some, so when years ago in England, and you would say that is a noble man, that is a man of royalty. And he has some distinct qualities about him. And I said, you know, I like that. I like that because definitely being a noble man is really basically distinct qualities that a man's, that a man lives by. And I said, you know, that's how God created men from the beginning, all the way from Genesis 1, 26. I want to make man in my image and I want to make in my likeness and I want him to have dominion over the fish of the sea, birds of the air. So it's important for men to understand God created men to have some distinct qualities that they should live by. Some principles that they live by. Mm-hmm. Because we again, Joe, we live in a society where we don't live by principles, we live by emotions.
0: Right, right.
2: That's why road rage and anger. We we live in a society where we've allowed our emotions to override everything. God did not give us our emotions for us to be led by them. Mm-hmm. He gave us emotions for expression. Mm-hmm. But we live in a society where we have just been engulfed uh, with our emotions. And that's not how a noble man, that is not how God created men to function in this world, to live by their emotions. So that just really helped me. And I'm really uh, doing noble men conferences across the country to just really help men to understand some distinct qualities that they really need to get back to uh, so they can live the way God originally created them to be.
0: Now. So of course, you know, the obvious question I'm going to ask you now is what are those qualities? <laughs> and right. You can't leave us hanging. All right. So, <laughs> so All kind right. of break it down to us, break it All down right. for us, Dr. Banks, and let us know what are those qualities that, uh, that makes up a noble man? All right. Here, I'll give you some. I'll sure. give you
2: some. All right. The first thing it is important to understand, to be a noble man, a man has to understand that he is made up of three layers. All right. Mm-hmm. A man and a woman, but we're talking about men. Men, you are made up of three layers. Now, here are the three layers. The first layer is what we're all accustomed to is the past. The past is one layer that a man is made up in. Now, here's the sad thing, Joe. Most men think who they are is based on what has happened right. through their past right. or in their performance. Yes. But I tell men, men, no, 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 your past is only what you have been through, but it doesn't define you. Right. So it's important because, see, when when I got that revelation, I realized, okay, whatever I've been through, various things in my life. I just went through it, but that doesn't define me. Mm -hmm. You know, looking back sadly at some of the things that my dad said, you know, you're trying to be better than everybody else. You don't need to do that. You need to just be common, be just live safe. So I realized just because I went through that, that doesn't define who I am. I'm made in the image of God. So that's the first thing men need to understand. That is one layer Mm -hmm. is their past. Now, the second layer, the second layer. Of every man is potential. Mm-hmm. And that is what a man has the power to do. Now, in order for you to tap into the second layer of potential, you got to really bring some closure to the first one, your right. past. Right. But it's important for every man to understand that God has given him potential, the power to make things happen. But then the third layer of every man is his purpose. Mm -hmm. And that is the real man. That is the real purpose. The real you in every man is what his purpose is. So what I do is really help men to first understand these three layers, but really help him to tap in to his purpose. Because Joe, when a man understands what his purpose is, everything changes. Everything changes because Mm -hmm. purpose, purpose is your original reason of why you exist in the world. And what I try to help men understand is the real man doesn't come from his profession, but it comes from his purpose Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. because most men identify themselves by what they do. So let's say there's a man out there, you know, he has been a welder, All right. He's been a welder for 20 years. But then all of a sudden they decide, all right, we don't need any more welders anymore. So we're going to let you go. All right. If his identity came from his profession, he's really going to be mixed up now because he's thinking, okay, they don't want me anymore. And men, you know, we go through when we feel like our profession no longer needs us. Then it's a huge psychological issue. It really bruise our ego. So I tried to help me and Joe understand that your profession, that's not who you are. That's what you do. Right. Your purpose is who you really are.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: And to really help men to make that trend, that, that 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 transition to get back to because I all of this is I studied this from Adam. Adam is really, uh, I study Adam a lot because Adam started off knowing what his purpose was, but then he moved to focus on, in Genesis 3, what he had to do. Mm-hmm. So his profession started making it more pronounced, more than what his purpose was. Right. So it's important for a man to really understand why he exists in the earth and understand that his profession, that's not who he is, that's only what he does.
0: Okay, and, that's, and I love how you broke that down and I know based on what you were saying that there's obviously a lot of qualities and a lot of traits, but from your perspective of having trained and worked with so many men and and you know, helping leaders be developed, what are some of the characteristics that you look for to see that a man is being a noble man?
2: Well, I think one of the biggest examples of being a noble a noble man, Joe, is to understand leadership. Mhm. When a man truly understands leadership and lives out leadership the way God intended, that is one of the main qualities. Now, when we think about leadership, sadly, what I've seen reading books. And various things. This is where one of the misconception comes, Joe, when it comes to leadership. Because when i work doing a marriage seminar, when I do a marriage seminar, I say, men, all right, one of the biggest needs in a woman is for you to be a leader. And I said, now I'm gonna ask you because in psychology there's a phrase called word association. So right. I said, I'm gonna share this word, say this word, and you say exactly uh, what is associated with that word. So mm-hmm. here it is a, a number of couples. And I said, all right, man, here we go. And I said, lead, that's the word I, I uh, announced how pretty much Joe, every man in that group immediately says, well, the word that associates with lead is follow. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And I said, man, let me go ahead and help you. That's not how God set it up. Right. God did not set up lead, follow. So if you, i think, man, if that's what your focus is, is I am a leader and therefore people need to follow me. I say, no, that's not going to work because God did not create your wife to follow you. God mm-hmm. created your wife to help you. Right. So men have to understand the original concept When it comes to leadership, because this is what I tell men men, if you don't know the original focus and concept of leadership, then you are going to be a controller. Mm -hmm. You're going to control the circumstance Mm -hmm. and try to control people. And, you know, I have a a leadership school that I do and I teach leadership because it's, I think it is so needed, Joe, in this country. We need to understand. Leadership. Yeah. So look at this leadership. Genesis one twenty six gives us a perfect example of leadership. Genesis one says, then God says, let us make man in our image and in our likeness. Guess what? And let him have dominion mm-hmm. over what now, if God wanted leadership to be all about leading people over people, that would have been a great time to see it. Right. Right let him have dominion over people. Mm -hmm. But he didn't say anything about people. He said what? Let him have dominion over what? Fish of the sea, birds of the air. And Joe, I have studied this for years and I'm thinking, God, what are you saying? (laughs) What are you doing? And through that study, I'm thinking, what was God doing? God was letting Adam get a picture of what leadership is. So he said, Adam, this is what I really want you to see in the earth. Mm -hmm. I created the earth. Now look at this, fish belong where? In the sea. sea. Uh, Birds belong where? In the the air. air. Creeping things belong where? On the earth. So basically, Joe, leadership does not start with managing people, but leadership starts first by managing and maintaining order. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Because see, when a man sees fish in the sea, he knows that's order. Fish is designed to be in the water. When he sees a bird, he knows bird was designed to be in the air. So God was trying to help Adam understand Adam, you're going to be a leader in the earth. You're a man. You're going to be a leader in the earth. And I need to give you a picture of what leadership is all about. Leadership is not managing and controlling people, but it is truly understanding how to create and maintain order. Mm -hmm. And see, when a man does that, he'll truly understand how this thing works. So that helped me tremendously because When I got married, and unfortunately, Joe, I had the lead follow mindset, right? I'm leading Sylvia, you need to follow me. But when I studied the word of God, I realized this is not right. Because Genesis 2.18 says, I'm going to make a a woman, I'm going to make her a helper.
0: helper, right?
2: All right, a helper, suitable. So another time when I do marriage seminars, I tell the man, look at your bride and say, less, I need you to help me. Mm -hmm. And I said, ladies, all right, you see, he wants you to help him. But then I said, man, now I want you to look at her and say, I don't know what I'm doing. (laughs) And I asked the ladies, I said, ladies, how do you feel? And Joe, it's, you know, I've done this all over the country. Mm -hmm. All these women don't know each other. Every woman says, well, if he is supposed to leave, I'm supposed to help him, but he doesn't know what he's doing. Mm-hmm. Joe, automatic, they immediately say, I feel insecure. Wow. I feel a sense of fear because why? I want to help him. God designed me to help him. But if he doesn't know how or what he's doing mm-hmm. and how he needs me to help him, then all of this energy for me to help him lies dormant. Right, right. And I know men has this macho image, think that this heroic thing to just tell her, look, I got it. I I don't really need your help. I got it. And I know to a man that sounds heroic, honey, you just sit there and look pretty. Mm -hmm. I'll take care of everything. Mm -hmm. But Joe, that's not how it works, my friend. That's not how it works. No, Because I saw that's what my dad did. He just continuously told my mom, look, I got it. I'll take care of it. You just sit down. I'll take care of it, and it it sounds noble, <laughs> right? But she's looking at him, thinking, "Okay, he needs my help, <laughs> <laughs> but he won't let me." <laughs> <laughs> That's right. That's right. Right. So it's important for men to understand it's not a less than when men desire and want or need the help from their bride. That's right. what she's designed for. So I think it's important, Joe, as we're on this podcast, we need to let men know, men don't allow your pride and your ego get in the way. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Because my wife is very intelligent she's very detailed. I am the, I am the vision caster. You know, I'm seeing down, I'm seeing next year, five years from now. But my wife, man, with her, all of her beautiful, virtuous qualities that God has placed inside of her, she can see details Mm -hmm. that I can't or don't desire to see. And that's why we are an excellent team, Joe, because man, I'm, I'm looking further down the road. And she's dealing with the day to day details and that's why we make an excellent team.
0: You know, and Dr. Banks I was in my quiet time this morning, this ironic that um we are talking about this particular subject, about the role of of that wife as being the helper. And as I was reading in my quiet time, I'm writing down, I said, you know what? God intended for the the woman to fill the gaps, not to follow us. That's right. Because you know, when we look at ourselves and we really examine ourselves, we have a lot of gaps. Yes, we do. We're inadequate or that. And he it's not that something's just we're just inherently wrong, but God made us. This way, that's that he right. says, that's why he's sending us a helper to fill in our gaps. And I wrote down some of my notes. I've never tried this with an audience, but I'm going to do this the next time I work with some guys. I'm going to ask them to write down. You know, we always complain about what our wives are not. I said, write down your wife's strengths. Oh, man. I'm not going to have them do that. Just write down everything that's great and awesome about your wife that you admire in your wife. And then I'm going to stop and have them look at. Okay, now look at yourself. What are your weaknesses? Oh, Joe. And then you'll start to get something. that clear picture that wow yes. she compliments me perfectly oh Joe you know, and I don't even know that's what they're going to write but I kind of can see that happening because I did it this morning <laughs> and I'm like this is crazy you know but it's a different perspective you Very know and necessary. Dr banks I'm looking at my time check and I, and I still have some questions I want to get to and I want to jump into this because we have men out there who because I know just listening to you and and I I read a lot I, I'm a big um, miles Moreau fan. And yes. I know that that's one of your mentors. Very much so, and and so he he talks about our purpose as men, but I know there's a lot of men out there who who get this what you're saying, but at the same time I could hear that voice in the back of their head saying, "Yeah, but I was never shown how, I was yes. never taught how to do this," and you're right. If I, I I would love to tell my wife I don't know what I'm doing, but I'm even afraid to tell her that, but. Since you brought it up, I'll confess, I'll admit, I don't know what I'm doing. So what do you say to them, Dr. Banks, to the men who have a desire and have a hunger um, to want to be better, to be, to fulfill their purpose? What do you tell them when they feel inadequate? Well, first,
2: like you, I like you, what you beautifully said. First, I think it's important for men for you to pause and stop. All right. And, and really let's put some things in perspective. Mm-hmm. All right. That's what men have to do. They got to learn to stop. And let's, let's put some things in perspective. What I do when I do training, I take, you know, on a whiteboard and I go and put a blue, I put a dot in the middle, little dot. And then I asked everybody, all right, what do you see? Well, they're going the to obviously say, well, I see the dot. Mm-hmm. And I say, does anybody see the board? And this is what they say, Joe. Yeah. I I, I kind of knew the board was there. I, of course I knew the board was there, but what am I, what have I done? I spend all of my time focused on the dot and right. see Joe, that's what men do. They, they have a whole life, but they constantly concentrate on that blue, on that dot. Now mm-hmm. what's the dot? The mm-hmm. dot are the vulnerable qualities, the insecurities, The the wounds that has happened. So men have just conditioned to just focus on that dot instead of realizing, wait a minute, if you take a step back, you're gonna understand the board is bigger than the dot. That's what I had to do in my life. I had to realize because I was so down on myself, so negative. I can't do this. And my wife, like I said, she just read my mail and it allowed me, David, stop. Okay, let's take a step back and realize you are so focused on that dot you don't realize that there are some great things that's happening in your life that god is using you so i it, it allowed me let's take now the dot is still there okay i'm not erasing the dot but right. it that's why i said it's it's called putting things in perspective So I think men needs to first understand the dot will always be there. All right. Mm -hmm. So your goal, men, your goal in life is not to figure out how to erase the dot. That's not the goal. The goal in life, men, is to take a step back and put things in perspective.
0: Right, right.
2: And realizing that, hey, there are some great things. That still happened in your life. So I think that's the first thing. Men just got to realize you got to put something in perspective. Uh, Like I said, share with you, definitely growing up, I didn't have all these things, Mm -hmm. but I did not make it an excuse when I started having sons. I had to realize, David, if what you don't ever know, you better learn how. Mm -hmm. You don't want to, men don't ever say, well, since it never happened to me, I can't do it or I don't know how. Whatever you don't know, you need to learn how. So God allowed some men to come in my life and, and show me some things that wasn't shown to me by my father.
0: Right. right.
2: So men cannot use that as an excuse. So first, again, put things in perspective, men, understand you have the dot, you have the insecurities, wounds from the past. They're going to be there, but you got to put things in perspective and realizing, you know, God still has me in the earth. There still is a reason why I exist in the earth. And now I really got to hone in to realize what are my gifts, what are my talents, and really uh, be very intentional, especially with, with uh, children, making sure that you are meeting the very needs and truly understanding if you are married making sure that you treat your bride with the utmost quality. And and people ask me, Dr. Banks, you keep saying your bride. Did you recently get married? Oh. <laughs> right. <laughs> <laughs> I tell men, I've been married for 26 years, mm-hmm. but I realize here's another principle, Joe, that I live by. However a man perceives his wife is the way that he will treat his wife. Amen. Wow. So I realized when I saw my wife June 30th, 1990. My wife is from India. So when I saw her coming down the aisle in her beautiful Indian garb that I didn't know she was going to wear, Mm -hmm. and she was, oh, she was beautiful. And in my mind, I said, this is my bride and I will forever keep this image. Now, here we are 26 years later, three children's later, Mm -hmm. but I still introduce her and I still consider her She is my bride. Yes, she is the mother to my three wonderful children. But to me, she's still my bride. And and by me keeping that perception of her, I do my utmost to make sure that I honor her and I respect her.
0: And Dr. Banks, I tell you, you gave a beautiful illustration with the dot and even how you're talking about your wife right now. I'm writing Um, A lot of notes here (laughs) because I, I, to me, I love the podcast because I love meeting men like you and bringing them on the show because, and I want the men out there to to understand and listen to this, you know, we, you and I both, we deal with a lot of men, we work with a lot of men, but I want them to understand that we're constantly trying to improve and to get better and to learn. Yes. And that beautiful illustration you gave of the dot, you know, that is wonderful because you get what you focus on. That's right. You you get what you focus on. And even when you're talking about Sylvia, you're focusing on, like you said, how you perceive her and how you perceive her is how you're going to treat her. That's right. And so, I mean, I'm hoping that they're taking notes as well. And but I, before we get into the man up question, because, you know, I can't wait to ask you the man up questions. The bank. <laughs> but I but I want to ask this last question before we get into that. And th- this is from a, a father perspective. OK, us being dads, what can we do as fathers to start preparing our young men for being noblemen? You mentioned how you um, affirmed your sons. You told them that you loved them, that you accepted them and that they're significant. What else could we do um, as fathers to start preparing them for that nobility?
2: Well, I think another thing, definitely making sure that you take care of those basic needs. But another thing, Joe, that I think is important for men to do to young men is to really ignite their imagination. Mm -hmm. I think it's important for men to start telling young men what they can become. Mm -hmm. Ignite that imagination, letting young men know, you know, you are going to be successful in life. You are going to do great things because when a young man, when he starts igniting his imagination and start dreaming, that is going to set him off to a great thing. Mm-hmm. And, and young men, they need that. They need for somebody to be able to look at them and say, even though you are five now, but I want you to get in your imagination. When you are 25, you are going to be successful. Right, right. See, men can do that. To a young man to help him understand, you're five right now. You're playing and having a great time. But as a man, I'm looking at you and I want you to start imagining when you are 25, when you are 35, you're going to succeed. So I'm already basically prophesying that over you. You are going to succeed. And whatever you set out to do, that does wonders. Why? Because when I was 20, uh, that didn't happen to me when I was um, younger. But when I was 20 and 25, God allowed some men to come in my life and look at me. And they say, they said, David, I see success on you. Mm -hmm. I see leadership in you. And now here I am, 48 years later, I'm realizing by them putting that in my imagination. When I was 20, now here I am, 48. It has worked, Joe. It has worked. So men speak into, because we look at that from Bible's time. When men, they gave a blessing to their young men. And, and what, what was the blessing? The blessing was what? When you are old, you're going to do this. Right, Men, we play a vital role. Like I said, my mom shared those things and it was wonderful. It was great. But it was almost like I needed that stamp of approval from my father. Right. So I think it's important that all men work together, do it to our children. But you know, Joe, we got a lot of young men out there that doesn't have that father Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. in their life. So we just can't just do ours. I've done several in our ministry. There are several young men in our ministry that they're not connected to their father. So Mm -hmm. it gives me the responsibility. I'm not their father, but those children still need what that father gives them. So right. I think all of us have to collectively work together because we got a lot of uh, young men growing up in single parents' home. And my hat's off to single mothers. My goodness, Joe, I just cannot imagine the awesome responsibility that they have on their hands by themselves. Mm-hmm. But it is important that those young men hear these words from another man.
0: Right. Now, and Dr. Banks, um, uh, you you stated this um, so so eloquently as far as what we can do, and what I like about what you said that we can do, it doesn't require a lot of education. It doesn't require you to be in a, a prestigious position. We can all ignite our our children's imagination, especially our sons, by speaking life into them. That's right. I remember my son, he's now 20 now, but I remember telling him, he, well, he came to me one day and he says, cause I told him I can't wait to be a grandfather. I mean, I'm so excited about potentially being a grandfather one day. I've been talking to him about that even when he was um, in elementary school, but when he when he was in high school, he says, dad, um, I don't think he said that I'm going to get married. And I don't, cause I don't think I could be, a, um, be the kind of father that you are. And most fathers would think that's a compliment, but I was concerned <laughs> because I want to see grandchildren. <laughs> and But I told him, I said, no. I said, "Um, you're right. You're not going to be the kind of father I am. You're going to be better. That's right. Do and it. he couldn't see it, but I had to speak that into him, letting him know that I haven't done always done the right thing. And I made a lot of mistakes because I didn't know what I was doing. I said, but the things that you liked, that you see that I've done right, and you avoid the things I didn't do wrong, by default, you should become better. That's right. But I said, but I'm speaking that into your life. You're going to be an awesome father and a great husband. I don't expect anything less from you. And so and you're right that and that doesn't cost anything. It's just you being intentional and paying attention. That's right. So I'm glad that that was the advice that you, you gave us. But now it's finally time because we're running short on time. But now it's time for the man up questions. And Dr. Banks, I cannot let you get out of here without me asking you the man up questions. And these are just five quick questions, starting with the letters M-A-N-U-P. And I ask you this and you just give me just fire away from the hip and let it rip. And it just requires fearless honesty, which you will not have a problem with. So the question (laughs) is, Dr. Banks, are you ready? I'm ready, my friend. I am ready. I am ready. (laughs) Okay, we're going to get started right after this short break. Do you know that no one has ever become a champion without a coach? Think about it. Any athlete who's ever made it to the Olympics, let alone won a gold medal, has ever gotten there without a qualified coach or a group of coaches. So if that's the case, if you're serious about becoming a champion husband, father, or leader, then my question is, who's coaching you? That's why I've officially launched the Real Men Connect 21-Day Coaching Program. My goal? To help you become the man and spiritual champion God called and created you to be. If you're going to succeed as a man of God, it's going to take faith, wisdom, and accountability. So you need a proven Christian coach, mentor, and teacher who's literally helped hundreds go from good to great God's way. I've been an award-winning educator for more than 23 years, and I've been coached and trained by some of the best in the country. So whether it's strengthening your faith, improving your marriage, growing your ministry, or even breaking an addiction, let me coach you for 21 days to help you finally get the breakthrough you've been looking for. Just go to realmenconnect.com or call 423-763-7675 for details. Availability is limited, but satisfaction is guaranteed. Welcome back. We're back with Dr. Banks um, talking to us about being a noble man. But now is the time he's been put on the hot seat, so to speak, because we're going (laughs) to ask him the man up questions. And Dr. Banks, um, they start with the letters M-A-N-U-P. And the first letter is M, and it stands for mistake. Yes. Now, we know how great a man that you are and what you've been able to develop into as a man and you develop men. But what mistake did you learn the most from as a man looking back?
2: Well, I I, when I when I realized this, you were going to ask me this question. I look back, Joe, and I remember I remember uh, I got to tell you this quick story. Mm -hmm. Definitely, um, you know, as a man, we, we don't listen too well. When our wives is talking to us, we, I call it selective. <laughs> listening. Right. And I remember, I remember when we just had our first child and I came home one day, you know, i was a counselor, so I get paid to, to help people solve their problems. Mm-hmm. So I came home one day and my wife was just really had a tough day. And she came to me and she said, it ha- was holding the baby. And she said, Joe, she said, I have had a tough day. I was on the phone and the baby was crying. And she was going over this over and over. And Joe, before I had learned all of these, before I knew that I was a noble man, <laughs> Joe, I interrupted her. Uh huh. And I said, honey, all you needed to do was just put the person on hold and quiet the baby in that kind of tone. It was oh. all like I was upset. Like, you couldn't think of that? Wow. Wow. And she looked at me <laughs> and, Joe, she said, the person that I was talking to on the phone was wanting to commit suicide. Wow. wow. And, Joe, she started crying. Mm-hmm. And she said, David, I didn't share this with you for you to solve it. Mm-hmm. I just needed you to listen this. And she said, this situation happened this morning. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Here I am, a a new mother. My baby is crying. I don't know why this baby is crying. This person on this phone saying, look, if you don't talk me out of this, I'm going to blow my brains out. And here she was able to check the baby and see the baby was all right mm-hmm. talk this person down wow allow them to accept the lord in their life and she's getting off the phone she's a ball of nerves and mm-hmm. she's like man you know at that time we didn't have cell phones and she's like oh my god I can't wait to talk to my husband about this mm-hmm. and here she is want you know ball of nerves and I come in the house instead of wanting to just listen what did I do I just shut her down right how come you didn't just and I, she started crying and this is what she said, she said, David, I don't know if you thought about this, but if every time I come to you and you are always trying to solve something, guess what you, guess what I think I am to you is a problem. Wow. Oh, wow. Joe, oh God, Joe. Oh my God. Joe. Oh, wow. Joe. I looked at her and I just mm. said, Sylvia, please forgive me. Mm-hmm so i i just look back at that and just realized i did not make a wise decision on that situation
0: you know what that sounds like dr banks of uh, you seeing the dot not the board that's right <laughs> yeah focusing on the dot not the board yeah that's right yeah wow that's awesome okay now the a you know, man, you almost forget the questions i was going to ask. You. <laughs> shut me down right there okay now the a dr banks represents attitude and you work with a lot of men if you could change one attitude in men, husbands, fathers, what have you, what would it be? I think this
2: attitude that they want to appear, that they have it all together, mm-hmm. this, this sense of arrogancy or this sense of, because it's not some for a man to think it's an arrogancy, but it's just, honey, look, I'll take care of everything. Mm-hmm. All right. So it's, it's kind of a humility sound to it. But again, if a woman was created to help, having her always to hear, sit back, I got it, that is not attractive to her. It may sound good to a man. You know, if I'm hanging around men and I'm saying, you know what I told my wife to do is just sit back. I got everything. All right. To other men, they may like, wow, Dr. Bank, you all right, man. You just let her sit back and relax. You got everything. But to a woman, especially to my wife, she's thinking, well, how can I help you? I'm designed to help you. So this attitude that men either out of arrogancy or of this humbleness of thinking that I got it. I don't really need your help. I think that is something that men really got to change. Um to, to to really help develop better relationships
0: with their wives. Yeah, and I agree with you wholeheartedly on that, too, as well. So I'm glad you pointed that out. Now, Dr. Banks, the end stands for next. And I know you've been working on a lot of different things. Your hand is involved in a lot of you're very active in the community. And you, um, I know you lead as a pastor at your church and you do a lot of things, writing books. What's the next big thing you would attempt to do for God if you knew you couldn't fail?
2: Well, one of the biggest things I'm always thinking, always thinking of mm-hmm. different projects. And one thing, definitely, since we are in this vein, I would love to help men all over the world understand that they can be noble men. I would love to create a noble man revolution. Going all the way back to, you know, um uh, Promise Keepers. You remember those? Yeah, I remember that. Man, I would love to develop this huge revolution of training up noble men, because we, you know, society now has just really don't have a good, healthy, accurate picture of what a man or what a noble man looks like. We get all these other pictures too passive, too controlling, you know, Mm -hmm. media puts all of this out there. So we don't have a good, accurate, healthy picture of a real man. So I would love to do a a, a global initiative to raise up and train men to be noble men all over the country.
0: Oh, I love it. I love it now. And I'm going to come in agreement with you on that because you, you're you in the same city that I'm in. And we're going to touch and agree that I'm going to help you do that. Excellent. And we're going to recruit other men to help us do that because you're, you're singing my music right now. <laughs> I, I would love to see a revolution of going back to authentic, being an authentic, noble man. That's right. So I I love that vision. Now the you, Dr. Bang, represents um, understand. When you were younger, what was the one thing you didn't understand about being a man then that you understand now better? Well,
2: I think looking back at uh, my uh, growing up, uh, I just didn't understand why my dad never allowed my wife, his mother, no, I'm sorry, his wife, my mother to help him.
0: Right. Right. Uh,
2: You know, she tried to give advice to him and he was just like, "Uh." so I'm thinking, I don't understand why you don't ever allow my mom, your wife to help you. I just did not understand. And then looking at my grandparents, I just never understood. Well, my grandfather, you know, my grandmother would try to give him some advice about something. He just I don't want to hear it. I don't want to hear it. And I'm thinking I just do. And, and, And sadly. My uncles, I would see the wow, same thing wow. with them. I'm thinking, why did they get married? <laughs> you look like. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And so that's something growing up, I just didn't understand. Why do the men in my life look like they just did not value their wives' opinion, their ideas? Growing up, I just did not understand why, why. And, you know, looking and like, mom, that was a good advice that you gave dad you know, dad didn't see it, your detail, you saw that, but I don't know why he didn't take. And then by him not taking the advice, Joe, I saw some of the major consequence he had to deal with by not taking her advice. Now, you know, again, my mom, she's a Christian woman, but when, oh, she had that, I told you so. (laughs) Mm -hmm. She made him know, okay, I told you if you would have just, so she did let him know when he made the wrong decision.
0: But but I, Dr. Banks, I, but let me ask you this. What, what do you attribute that to? If, I know you're just speculating because you don't know what was in the heart of what they why they were doing it. But if you had to take your guess based on your study and your research and what you have now understood about the human behavior, what do you think was the reason why they did that? I think,
2: Joe, is the fear of failure. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Because I know that that is something in every man because why do I know fear failure is because the opposite of every man has an instinct desire to succeed. Mm -hmm. Every man wants to succeed. So since every man has an intense in, uh, intense desire to succeed, then the opposite of that, every man fears failure. And I think looking back at my dad, He wanted to succeed, but he was so afraid that he was going to be a failure. So he felt like if I listen to my wife and do it and it fails, then oh. oh." so Mm -hmm. he just felt like, let me just do it. All right. Let me just do it. So I, I really think it boils down to my dad just had a tremendous amount of fear of failure. Mm hmm. And so that's why he just kind of kept his wife, my mother, kind of at bay. He didn't want her to get too close to him Mm -hmm. because he was struggling with this failure. You know, he quit school in the eighth grade. She was college educated, so that was a huge self esteem issue. Definitely, she was much smarter than him. She could read much better than him. She could make decisions quicker. So he saw all of that and he was intimidated. He was intimidated by it. So he felt like if I allow you to give me advice, it's going to seem like you're smarter than me, you're better than me. So I can't let you do that.
0: Now, isn't it ironic that? the facade that we put on as men a lot of times is are trying to appear strong only um, reveals that we're weak. Isn't that, isn't that just weird? It, it's ironic <laughs> that way that we want to appear strong. That's when we really are showing that we are weak. So true. You know, And Dr. Banks, here's the last one. And, um, and this is the piece that stands for problem. And as a mighty man of God, which you are, um, what's the one problem in your life that you still struggle with even today?
2: I would say, Joe, the biggest problem that I struggle with is, is interesting. It is it's such an interesting thing because I love to encourage people.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: Joe, that is what I do. I love to encourage. Now, here's the thing I love to encourage people, but the biggest thing that I have to always be conscious about is feeling discouraged. Really? That is the I have to keep an eye on it, Joe. Mm-hmm. I have to keep an eye on it because if I don't manage that, and that's that's again, that's what I that's why I look at this and think, and this is the strangest thing because I love to encourage people. Right. So when people look at me like Doctor Bang, you seem so encouraged. Why? Because you encourage encouraging everybody else, mm-hmm. but they just don't know, Joe. I fight with feeling. Discouraged. I have to fight that. I have to fight that because I sometimes I see that it tries to come on me, and I even got a visual picture. It's almost like a, a cold, wet blanket mm-hmm. that tries to get get put on me.
0: Right.
2: And um, and I have to I have to I have to stay intentional about it. I got to keep an eye on it because right. if I don't keep an eye on it, man, it could it could end up happening. And um, but yeah, discouragement. That's, that's that dot. That's that dot in my yeah, life.
0: The dot that's you know I mean?
2: the dot in my
0: life and dr banks um I really appreciate you sharing that with us and being so transparent and honest about that you know my wife often says she's an encourager just like you and I mean she I mean she is one of the most encouraging people I've ever met before she's just a huge cheerleader which I'm blessed to have that in my life and like you, I do feel discouraged, and I think it has, has a lot to do with the burden of responsibility you feel a lot of times to the people who are under your, your leadership. So true. But at the same time, uh, but I'm not as much of a, as an encourager as you are. I want to be <laughs> like you and my wife. I want to be that one day when I grow up. But my wife said this to me. She says, Joe, people who are encouragers, they give what they want to receive. Have well. mercy. Oh, my
2: and, goodness. And I think
0: that's true for a lot of us that we tend to give what we need the most. That's right. To other that's people. right.
2: That's right.
0: Even though that that is a a struggle for you, and you're right. You have to be intentional and watch it constantly. And we all have to watch that. But I'm glad that you share that with us. I really appreciate that. Excellent. And man, you know, we've come to the end of our show. Um, I tell you, I I talked to Dr. Banks before he came on the show because he has such a, a wide range. And you guys can hear it today about his his fields of expertise and a lot of things he could speak to and talk about. But he agreed. To, he told me that he said he wouldn't mind coming back on the show. It took us a while to get him here, but I think we can get him back. again after this. <laughs> but guys, don't you worry about us running out of time today because we'll we'll do this all again next week with a new guest, with new insights and new lessons. So make sure you don't miss it. And I like to thank Dr. Banks for joining us today, for being so gracious with his time. Thank you, Dr. Banks, for being on the show.
2: It's my pleasure, Joe. It is truly my pleasure. And I really appreciate what you have pioneered and put out in the earth. Uh, It's a a great asset, a great tool. And man, I just really pray that every man will truly get connected, listen to these podcasts, and, and just really understand that there is hope that mm-hmm. we don't have to allow the the wounds and various things from our past that continue to trip us up and hinder us. But there are some great solutions and right. you are a solution. So that's
0: exciting. Very well, thank exciting. You. Thank you, Dr. Banks. I appreciate that. And I truly believe for both of us, the best is yet to come. But Dr. Very Banks, right. quickly uh, for our listeners, if they wanted to find out more about you and your ministry and some of the things you're working on, how can they reach out to you? How can they get connected? To you?
2: Well, the best. Place is Facebook. I have a Facebook post, uh, facebook.com/forward/slash/dr David Banks, mm-hmm. and that's where I put a lot of my information on there. Uh, different, I have a conference call uh, once a month um, uh, to just really motivate and just really help people understand how they were designed. I have an email address, Noble LLC at gmail.com. So if they can email me, um, if they have any further questions or if they wanting me to come and uh, speak, I've done speak at men's conference. Like I said, I really want to get this noble men initiative, uh, off the ground. So I did some, uh, last year did some this year. So want to continue to do that. So those are two, um, Great places to just really get in touch with me. Facebook, facebook.com forward slash Dr. David Banks, as well as my email address, noblesuccessllc at
0: gmail.com. Fantastic. Thank you, Dr. Banks. And we'll make sure we put that in the show notes as well. So they'll always have a link and whether it be on their phone or on their computer, they can just click on and they can be able to reach out to you directly. And I'm going to do the best I can to help you kind of push that initiative forward because I think it's so necessary. And to all of you guys out there, we love hearing from our listeners. So if you want to connect with us, or if there's a topic you'd like for us to discuss, or if you just have a question for me, shoot us an email at realmenconnect@gmail.com. at gmail.com. That's realmenconnect@gmail.com, at gmail.com, and we'll get right on it for you. And please do us a huge favor. This is so important. Take about 30 seconds and go over to iTunes and rate the program. It's the best way to help us ex- exponentially get this program in the hands, ears, and hearts of men just like you. And please don't keep us a secret, Karen is sharing. So share our program with a friend or any young man or man you're mentoring or discipling. Until next time, I'm Dr. Joe Martin, the man builder with realmenconnect.com reminding you that we are males by birth, but we are men by choice. So each and every day choose to be the man God called and created you to be because a male is a terrible thing to waste. So until next time, stay strong, stay blessed, and as always, stay in God's grip.
1: Thank you for listening to the Real Men Connect podcast with Dr. Joe Martin. Real Men Connect isn't just a podcast. It's a mission, ministry, and movement to help good men become the great men God called and created us to be. And the best is yet to come. So if you enjoyed this episode, go ahead and leave us a review in iTunes. It really helps us to build the podcast and to reach, teach, and impact more men, all for the glory of God. And make sure you check out realmenconnect.com to get our free tools and resources to help you go from good man to great man God's way. Again, that's realmenconnect.com. Thank you for listening. We'll see you in the next episode.